0: and Philip Lano's, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Joel Sandoval. Thank you so much for stopping by today, man. It's going to be an exciting one, I can already tell. Jason and I, and you, have already been having a little back and forth since the jump. So we're all having fun. As you said, it's fun yeah. to have fun. Uh I like starting things off in this way because I think it sets the tone for the entire conversation. Do you, uh, Joel, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs?
1: I do not actually.
0: Okay, let's go into that. So yeah. you're the first, what what made you want to be an entrepreneur then?
1: Yeah, I actually did not want to be an entrepreneur. I actually um seeing both my parents successful in real estate um, that's actually what I wanted to do after high school. Um, not necessarily as a real estate agent, but in the real estate industry, for example, my mom is an escrow officer and my dad's a property manager and I never knew how much money they really made, but I knew that they were providing a good lifestyle for me and my brothers and my, and my sister. And, um, it was nice to see that. And so that's, I kind of wanted to follow their footsteps, right? You kind of only go based on what, you know, and so, but it was terrible timing because this was like around when I graduated high school, it was around 2005, 2006 when there was a big recession. So, you know, I decided that, okay, obviously this is bad timing. Uh, I didn't really have any money uh, to invest in real estate, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just, I was fortunate enough actually to meet a CPA that was working at the escrow company I was working for. And she basically told me that despite the fact that we're in a recession, that She thought she had a stable and secure job. So that's actually what I went to school for. I left my hometown, small hometown of Watsonville, California, mainly Hispanic, uh, to move to Bakersfield, California, where I live now, to go to Cal State University, Bakersfield. And I was pretty, you know, I was a good student. Uh, Graduated top of my class, 3.95 GPA. Uh, got multiple offers from different CPA firms once I graduated with my bachelor's degree. And I started working for the man. And I was working basically 8 a.m. till about 12 midnight, sometimes 1 in the morning during tax season, didn't really have a life. And I was like, this is not really what I wanted when I went to school. I was like, this kind of sucks, actually. Um, And so then I came across, uh, I don't even know how I came across it, but I started reading entrepreneurial books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Um, came across other entrepreneurs like Ty Lopez that were, you know, going big on social media at the time. This was like maybe six, seven years ago. And... um, But at the time I was making, you know, pretty good money, six figures as, uh, as a CPA already. But, uh, one day my boss kind of made me upset Friday night, was six o'clock. I had want to run a a quick errand after work, uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes. And he's like, Hey, never let your priorities, your personal errands run, come, come before my business. Like my business comes first. And I was like, wow, really 30 minutes. And I was still going to come back to work and get the job done. I showed it to my wife. And she's like, hey, you've been reading about entrepreneurship. Why don't you just give it a shot? So I went from six figures to zero figures literally overnight. Um, and I started my journey as an entrepreneur. And uh, actually, the next day, uh, I started my entrepreneurial path. Had to you know, put a sign out front my office you know, because I got an office literally the next day. I said, tax preparation. Two hours later, my wife calls. How many clients do you have? And I'm like, you're my first phone call today. Did not have any oh. clients. <laughs> um, and then to make things even more intense, um, of course, you know, two weeks after I quit my job, I found out we were expecting our firstborn daughter and my wife was supporting the family. And she's like, Hey, um, I know I gave you my, my word to, uh, you know, my blessing to start your business, but I'm only going to give you nine months to make this work because I want to be a stay at home mom. And if you don't make this business work and have to go back and get a job, I'm sorry. So I hustled, did things, you know, that I normally wouldn't have done cold called, uh, door knocked, and eventually fast forward to today, you know, I have built a multi-center accounting firm um, based out of Bakersfield, California, but we serve all 50 states.
0: Oh, wow, man. There's so much to unpack there. I mean, first of all, it seems like you've told this story a few times, uh, and if not, you're just well-spoken because that was well put, uh, and you were able to put in all the key elements the, of a story that yeah, one word yeah without without uh so your attention to detail probably goes right into your work so that's good to know <laughs> right off the bat um oh yeah. uh, there's so much to be said and i know i imagine jason's probably itching to get in on this uh, so, so i just want to ask one quick question because uh for me the hearing the story of like that moment when your uh because all of it was good but in particular when your employer at the time it was like six p.m. already, right? Yeah. You worked from eight to like midnight, which is already crazy. I get it; it's a short season, but still, uh, half an hour to go run an errand and come back literally doesn't kill anyone, right? You know? uh, so, to have the the presence of mind to say to yourself, "Well, this isn't right," and then yeah. to have a partner who supports you and encourages you to step away from that what what was that like in that moment? Did you did you realize that it was a life-defining moment. I, I know you broke it down, but was it clear to you, like this is the day that things change?
1: Yeah, it was for me because uh, you know I was I'm pretty risk-averse, so like I had always heard like, hey, you need at least one year's worth of cash reserves of savings before you quit your job because you don't really make any money the first two years, and so. But as when you're working nine to five, I mean, it's so hard to build a year's worth of savings, like you barely have enough money to pay the bills, So that was probably never going to happen. And it wasn't until actually my boss, you know, kind of just pissed me off really that my, my wife's like, you know, just give it a shot, see what happens. And if it wasn't for that, you know, I didn't even think about cash reserves. I didn't think about any of that it was an emotional decision where I'm like, I'm going to go do this and see what happens. And, you know, worst comes to worst, I'll go back and get a job, but I was not going to fail because like, I was so like determined to not have to go back.
0: Yeah. And, and now I want to give the floor to Jason because I'm sure he's got a thing or two. He's wanting to say, <laughs> I,
2: I absolutely love the piss off mentality, right? <laughs> when, when people finally realize why am I building a damn fortune for this asshole? Right. Yeah. it's like, I can go out and do this myself. Right. Yeah. And you know, kudos to you for doing it. And, and, and you said something that was interesting and that is, you're more risk avert. Right. Right. And you know, I always tell people, God, Jesus, stop looking before you leap and just go, is it always going to work? Are you going to fall on your ass a couple times? Of course you are. Right. Yeah. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. So, right. It's, it's always, a, it's always a challenge. There's always a challenge there and um, there's always going to be arrows in the back, no matter what. And but you did it and you built a beautiful thing out of it. And uh, how long you've been at it?
1: I've been at it now full time for about uh, six and a half years. Um, nice. I've been thinking it in my head for three years. <laughs> but yeah, full time, <laughs> six and a half for sure.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, kudos on you, creating a great business structure. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about it. And, oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, it looks sexy from the outside, right? Like, oh, yeah, you got this great company and all this stuff, right? Well, right. Well, what most people don't realize was there was a lot of unsexy moments, right?
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> For yeah. sure. But you took something, you took a situation, and you flipped it upside down and said, uh, you know, I'm going to make a whole, I'm going to make about five gallons out of one lemonade, one lemon right right and uh you know that you don't see that often that's right. a it's, it's a rarity so uh congratulations for that for sure Cheers. yeah for
1: sure yeah i mean even looking <laughs> back thank you yeah even looking <laughs> back it's like man you know what what was i thinking because it, it just knowing what i know now i think i would do it so much differently uh but at the time it was just like such an emotional decision and i was like so determined to like, make this work. And I did not really have, you know, the skills that I have now, like I knew how to prepare a tax return, but I didn't know how to like sell and persuade someone to purchase my service. I didn't know how to build a team and have a culture that all supports my mission, vision values. Like that was all foreign stuff to me. And uh, I just knew how to prepare taxes and, and how to provide value to an employer, but now to provide value to the marketplace and how to persuade yourself, because I what I what I noticed at least in my career was, you know, I just had to sell myself once was which was in an interview, and and I knew what the pay job, what the pay was going to be, you know, my salary was okay six figures cool, and now I had to convince someone not just one time but multiple times to purchase my service and for the value that I felt was worth, and I had to do that on multiple occasions. And I was like, man, I'm I don't know how to sell myself. I thought I was a good seller salesperson as far as interview goes but like selling to the market is completely different and so i had I, I i would say the first two years i probably built a crappy business because i had the wrong clients um wrong team members and so i kind of had to restructure everything and like have better clients better team members um now it, it, and you know it's enjoyable to come to work because i like the clients that we work with the team members that we have got but it was not like that when i was just starting out
0: Yes, thank you. You you basically lined it up. Let's unpack that, uh, because in any business, being able to fire a client uh, is is a luxury, especially when we jump off the bridge the way you did, where you're like, I'm I'm going for it, right? And then there was no, there was nothing to lean back on. It's like you saved up money, uh, so that had to come. You knew that it was way more expensive to keep this lousy client than it would be to fire them and find somebody else what was that process like for you because and the reason why i'm asking this is because there there are people who are still experienced business owners who will keep a client even though they know they're a pain it's just sometimes it's, it's hard to fire somebody so i'd love to dig into that
1: yeah i mean for me the biggest breakthrough was this mindset because i remember i actually had a coach at the time and I made them the comment. That I was like, hey, I have this client that I feel like we're doing a lot of work for what we were charging, I think was maybe $500 a month. And I was like, this service probably should be priced like in order for it to be fair, at least on our end, it would be $1,000 a month. And But I'm afraid to even increase their price by $50 a month because I'm afraid they're going to leave. And I, as a matter of fact, I'm you know almost certain. And I remember my coach said, he's like, hey, I still remember these words. He's like, I'm not calling you a loser but that's loser thinking. And he's like, you got to start thinking like a winner and start thinking abundance as opposed to scarcity. And so I was like, you got to go in there with confidence, present an opportunity of why, you know, you have this new proposition Hey, there's this new opportunity where I can save you a lot more money in taxes. Um, Yeah. It's going to be priced at a thousand dollars a month, but we're going to be providing a lot more value. And as a matter of fact, if you don't want to upgrade, um, you know, we, we're going to have to reprice you anyway, because what we're doing for our $500 a month, um, you know, unfortunately, it's not, you know, fair to us or fair to you because we're not providing the best service. And so I ended up restructuring a lot of packages that way. And uh, basically a lot of clients, you know, some of them left, of course, but at the end of the day, you know, the ones that did decide to move forward, they were aligned with our vision and we had them, had them pay higher fees and we're also providing a lot more value to them as well
0: isn't that cool? Because then however many left, because everyone else doubled up, you were kind of in a better place regardless. And it's, that's the, you know, I, I've, I've been there, if not still am there in a lot of circumstances. So I have a lot of respect for what you did there. And, and, you know, Jason uh, talks my ear off about this all the time, you know, because uh, he's way more senior in business than I am. Uh, So it's a valuable, valuable conversation to be having. And I'm so glad that you broke that down. I'm curious, uh, what are your goals now that you've done that for, for your, for your agency?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to uh, the $10 million mark. Uh, so we, last year we hit our seventh year mark for the first time. So we made a million dollars as a firm 1.3. Um, this year we're on track for 2 million, but we're trying to get to 10 million in the next two to three years. And we think that it's doable. Um, you know, we're, we're investing a lot into marketing. We're also, looking into buying other practices. There's a lot of CPA firms for sale. And so we're building our systems, making those better so we can hire uh, fast, uh, make sure that there's training in place, uh, make sure there's culture, which I already feel there is, but just kind of expand on that as well. Uh, so that's kind of where we're, where we're headed. And then eventually, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my my, my team. So especially my, my managers. So um, eventually I want to be able to offer them equity as well. That way they get a, Piece of the pie whenever we do sell the business hopefully for multiple seven figures and they get a windfall
0: oh wow those are all big goals i gotta ask do you have moments where you feel like texting an employee and saying hey you better make sure that your personal errands don't get in the way of my business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh, thankfully I, I haven't had to do that. Um, I have had, you know, other, obviously, as I mentioned, I had the wrong team members when I was first starting out and that was kind of a lesson learned. Um, but now that I have the right team members in place, like it's just, you know, trust pretty I pretty much trust them. Um, and I have their back as well. Like if there's a client upset, of course I'm going to listen to both parties, but at the end of the day, like, I got to make sure I have my, my managers back because they're the ones that are maintaining the business. For example, I remember I was out sick with COVID for about three and a half weeks, I could, I just couldn't get better. And I was like, man, I don't know why I was like, I was doing everything that I could. And I just felt like I was getting worse. And, uh, I remember my, my salesperson, he's like, Hey, I just closed another deal for $2,600 a month while I was sick in bed trying to recover. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, while I was still sick, Hey, just close another deal for 1500 bucks. And, so there's still money coming in without me having to even be there. And that was kind of a blessing, you know, to be able to do that. So, I, you know, I want to make sure I take care of my team because if I didn't have the culture, the team that I have now, I mean, that wouldn't be possible.
0: Oh, man, that's, that's huge. And the only reason I asked that question was because I can't even imagine what was going through that guy's head, knowing the kind of person you are and the work ethic you have how anyone could have thought that. I mean, you are now in his position, right? Where you have your own firm and you're doing your own right. thing. There's no way that makes sense. Even now, as you say, you have such a, uh, the proper approach. And and I can tell just based off the work that your team was doing while you were out that they really admire and, and feel great about being and working around you. So I think there's a lot to unpack there, but I'm sure uh, Jason has a thing or two. I feel like he might want to chime in and say, because there's a lot that you've said that is important.
2: Yeah. There's, there's tons of things, right. You've gotten to a pinnacle point and you've gotten to that pinnacle point where it's like, now what, right. Cause that, that first seven figures is always the first ceiling, right. Yeah. For every single company, it's the first ceiling. And then it's like, okay, what's next. So how do I go from one to 10, then 10 to 20, then 20 to 30. And 30 to 40 40 to 50 I won't go any farther than that because I've never been there um, but <laughs> but uh, but how do you take that that small you know not, not that this should be taken the wrong way but how do you expand from small brain to next brain to next brain to next brain right yeah because that's really what it is right 100 percent. And and that's because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not a mindset guy by any means. Um, I don't fall into the mindset trap of of most things. But but right. there's something to be said about it when it comes to. My dad used to say, "Free your mind, and your ass will follow, son." Um, <laughs> that's what he used to say, right? Yeah. But it's true, right? If you free your mind, don't have limiting beliefs of I can get to 10 million this year. Yeah. And I know you can do that. Did it myself. So it's, it's totally doable. You can do it. But yep. it's about doing the right things, right? So you do the right things in the right order and the right process and all these things. It's mechanical. So you got here and now it's just planning to the next level. You're going to get there. There's no doubt about it i can tell that already
1: (laughs) yeah for sure i think that that it really comes down to like you know following on kind of piggyback off what you said like mindset and you know if you free your mind your ass will follow it's like there's a lot of people that actually do do that but then they don't act their ass doesn't actually follow (laughs) you know they they just have these huge dreams but they don't actually put in the work and it's like how dedicated are you to actually make it happen like being determination and commitment like for me, like people, a lot of people will call me very goal folk goal focused, goal oriented, where I like I'm not gonna stop until I hit that that goal, no matter what you know gets in front of me. And I think that's really when the ass follows is when it's like you're gonna be so determined to get to that that you know that finish line, regardless of the bumps and bruises that are gonna come along the way because it you want it so bad and you're so focused on it and you're so driven by it. And I think that's really. You know, you can have the mindset, but you actually got to take action as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what I like about what's happening here is uh, you're in a perfect position to feel relaxed, to be like, wow, life's good. And yet a part of you knows there's more work to be done. And that's a really hard thing to be able to to tap into when you've got a lot of your needs finally met, right? Like all your needs are met. In fact, you've got surplus. And for most people, this then becomes a challenge. Like Jason said, now what, right? Because people can get comfortable there, mm-hmm. but you're not settling for that. And I'm just curious, you know, uh, given your background with your, with your parents and, and uh, have you had a conversation with them? Like, I'm curious, when you first decided to do this, yeah. and then now, what were those conversations like?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember actually having that, you know, I bounced that idea off my dad, with my dad saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about quitting my job um and and starting my own tax business. Like, what do you think? And he was like, well, my dad's probably the more entrepreneurial one than my mom. My mom is very risk-averse. she have been like, no way, absolutely not um he's like you already have your nice good paying job like what else do you want but my dad's like hey well go, go ahead and give it a shot but my concern is that you're going to be working so much you're not going to have a life you're not going to have time for your family and you're just going to be bombarded by this business that you're going to completely lose track of what's important and i remember him telling them that and i was like really i was like the reason i'm doing this is because i want to have more freedom not because i want less freedom but his thoughts were i was going to have less and and, and in part, he was actually true the first two years because I was working seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year, nonstop. And I really probably, you know, I didn't, you know, my my daughter had just been born. I didn't really see her get raised the first two years just because I was working so much. But now that I have a team, now that I have systems, you know, I put in the time, the effort, sacrifice. Now, like I said, you know, sick during COVID, making, you know, making money, having a system now, I, I feel like the bigger you get, the less you work. Um, at least for me, <laughs> it's like, now is this a matter of creating new goals, creating new visions and putting the, the action, you know, behind it to make it come into, to light into fr- fruition.
0: I'm um, so glad you said that because it leads into uh, the two, the two grand finale questions. And, and the first one is uh, if you could go back, and speak to yourself when you got that text message where the employer was clearly tripping. What would you say to yourself now, being the person that you are now?
1: Um, I would say, you know, find the person that you want to be like. And, you know, after you've done your due diligence, of course, and invest into coaching and mentorship because I try to figure it all myself. And it just probably slowed my performance by. Couple of years, like I feel, I feel that going back, I could have built a seven figure accounting firm within two years uh, if I had the mentors that I had that I have now. Um, but at, you know, at the time, I was like scared. You know, I wanted to save money, didn't want to invest into coaching or mentorship, and so I actually slowed my performance. If I could go back, I would say, hey, that mentor that that you really think is going to push get you to the next level. Like go all in and he's going to help you achieve success.
0: Oh man. I love that. I, I, Jason talks to me about that all the time, man. Uh, the, there's just people in your life that can change the game for you. And, and in a lot of ways, honestly, I've had a great time uh, speaking with and working with Jason because he's, he's definitely done that for me. So I can second that notion that you're bringing <laughs> up. Uh, and before I ask the grand finale questions, I want to give the floor to Jason in case there's anything he wants to say on that.
2: Yeah, I would just say this. The the correlation of success and and maybe it's not always just mentorship. It's just sometimes it's somebody to just like bounce an idea off of, right? Every now and then. Doesn't always have to be a formal relationship all the time, right? But you know, throughout my life, I have had many many mentors, many people that uh one of my best mentors I have is my neighbor He's the ex CEO of Oracle. And wow. every Monday, every Monday night we have a cigar and a shot of freaking whiskey and 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 a beer. And we watch, I think we're on women's figure skating now. Um there's <laughs> nothing else to watch. <laughs> That's what my wife says. She's says, what are you guys watching tonight? Women's figure skating? There ain't, there ain't no football <laughs> on, But You know, just having that sage counsel around you is, you you can't even put a price on it. There isn't a price to put on it, right? Because the amount of needle movement that does is, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. And I've leveraged that relationship and, you know, didn't used to. I've known him now for five years. We didn't even talk about business for the first three years I knew him. Wow, and, and then I found out he's got Warren Buffett on his speed dial and all this stuff. It's like, really? Jesus, why didn't I ask this shit before? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then every time he, he'll tell me something, he'll give me a little piece of advice. He'll say, yeah, leave a check for 10 grand on the counter on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, of course, right? right. But, but you you just can't replace that experience of sage guidance, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean you can get the wrong guidance for sure, but um, <laughs> you, you've done well to this point, which congratulations, that's really awesome. And it really makes me proud to see you know people like you that have just took the freaking leap, didn't look, just leaped, right? Yep. And and you've built something
0: amazing out of that. So yeah, huge congratulations
1: that. for that thank for you, sure. Thank you.
0: Yeah man. I mean, I've I've edited not I don't can't even like thousands of episodes previously before being a host and have interviewed thousands of people since. And I can tell you for certain that the most common things that I've seen from entrepreneurs and heard from entrepreneurs is uh number one, how lonely it can be when mm-hmm. you're the only one bearing all the risk and what that does psychologically to you. And so being a part of an organization or community or having a mentor does amazing things for you for your well-being mentally Uh, but also having the right partner like 90 percent of the people who who are entrepreneurs and successful have all said the partner they chose was the best business decision they ever made and i mean your story just speaks to that and just the way that conversation took place so there's a lot of great 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 things i can point back to in your journey as a story and it's only just beginning man so i'm really excited for you Uh, I want to offer the floor before I ask the grand finale to make sure that you let people know where you prefer to be reached. Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, the Sandoval tax, right. Is the name of your company, but uh, tell us a little more about it and where you prefer to be contacted.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different ways. I mean, if you're on social media, the best way would be on Instagram. You can find me under Joel Sandoval CPA, and you will actually find my link tree there with all of my different sites, including um, you know, a free tax assessment where we can save business owners at a very minimum of $10,000 in taxes, uh, up to we've saved business owners up to $300,000 uh, by reviewing their entity selection, retirement insurance, tax credits, loopholes. I uh, also have a, a webinar that you can attend for, you know, on how to save money on taxes if you're a business owner. A lot of information on, on side of, inside of my Instagram on the Instagram bio. That's probably the best way. Or you can just go to, um, um and that'll give you a free 15-minute call well.
0: Nice. All right. And then with that the grand finale question Joel is if you could have invited anybody and I mean anybody, you pick from any place any time in the world, could be yesterday, could be today, could be tomorrow, who would you have loved to have had here today with us and why?
1: Yeah, I would say that the you know one person that probably doesn't get enough credit is probably my wife Um, I think that, you know, I work really, really hard, but I'm also able to focus 100% of my time in my business because I know that at home, my wife's taking care of, you know, her her responsibilities, which includes raising my two daughters at home, making sure that, you know, there's food going to be, you know, food on the table when I get home. Um, So I don't give her enough credit. and I think that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her as well. And Even going back to my story when I quit my job and she maintain basically me, uh, for nine months. And, um, she did give me that deadline, but that also pushed me to get to where I am today. So I'm very thankful for her. And I think that even like you said, that mental space or getting that uh, for me, my partner is my wife. Cause I get home, tell her about all the hiccups that, you know, things that you have to deal with as a business owner. And I have the, the, you know, the blessing to be able to balance the, you know, what, what went right, what went wrong with her. And she's just my biggest cheerleader.
0: Oh, man. I love that. Uh, Smart man, too. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you so much, man. Uh, It's really been an enjoyable conversation. Uh, Jason, is there anything you want to say as a closing statement? Well,
2: number one, uh, our spouse, significant other, whatever you want to call them, right? Nowadays, um, they're the lifeblood of where we are Mm -hmm. usually, right? I mean, I can tell you right now, uh, I, my wife is the general. She is the general of my house. And anytime somebody asks me, I say, you know what? Connect with the general and find out what the schedule is. Because <laughs> I have no idea. Right. But she's everything. She's the general, the colonel, the all of it. She's all of it. Right. While I'm, you know, in my office doing this, I know she's up there, you know, doing all that stuff that. Well, quite frankly, I don't want to do, right? So, right. Um, so it's, it's, it's refreshed. My point is it's refreshing to like hear somebody say that um, because usually, you know, spouses don't get credit like that and, yep. and they really deserve it. They deserve a lot of it. So um, that's really good stuff. Second um, is I always like to say thank you for taking the time to be here. We have 168 hours in the week you decided to spend 30 to 45 minutes of that time with us. um, And you can replace cars, homes, people. uh, You you can't replace people and you can't replace time. So thanks for being here, sharing your story with us and the impact that you're creating on this world today.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Both Jason and Philip. man, it's been an honor.
0: Yeah, man. I, um, I can't wait to speak to you again in two or three years. Like you said, maybe even sooner, actually, Uh, when you when you hit the 10 million uh mark. I, I, it's going to be a great celebratory episode, full circle. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Let's do that, man. Seriously, let's add yeah, to yeah. the goal. Let's yeah, do it. That's right. For sure. right on. Well, thanks for stopping by the War Room, Joel. Cool, man. All I right. appreciate it.